wasn't. Still, a patch or two on that bulkhead could have saved you a world of trouble. You know what he was like. The silence. The resignation. Frank sucks air through his teeth, making a dry, whistling sound. I guess he thought he had more time to fix things. Probably, I say. Who knows what my father thought. The water's been coming up high the last couple years, though. I know. I can't let it go much longer. If you've got somebody you trust, I'd appreciate the name of a contractor. Absolutely. I can send someone your way. He scratches the back of his neck. I won't lie, though. It won't be cheap. Nothing is anymore, is it? No, I suppose not. I may wind up having to sell. I'd hate to see you do that. Frank's brow furrows, tugging his hat down. The property is worth something even if the house goes. Think on it, some. Frank knows my financial constraints. His daughter, Alice, also works at the library. Red-headed and pretty, Alice has her father's smile and a way with kids. She's better with people than I am, which is why she handles programming, and I'm in reference. But we're not here about Alice or the perilous state of my house. We're here to do what we've done for over a decade, setting buoys to cordon off a swimming area. The storm was strong enough to pull the buoys and their anchors ashore, leaving them a heap of rusted chains and orange rope braid, alive with barnacles. It's little wonder I lost land. Shall we? I ask. Might as well. Day's not getting any younger. I strip off my shirt, heft the chains and ropes over a shoulder, and begin the slow walk into the water. Sure you don't need a hand? Frank asks. The skiff scrapes against the sand as he pushes it into the water. No thanks, I've got it. I could do it by myself, but it's safer to have Frank follow me. He isn't really here for me. He's here for the same reason I do this walk every year. To remember my mother, Paulina, who drowned in this water. The sound is icy for June, but once in I am whole and my feet curl around algae-covered rocks as if made to fit them. The anchor chains slow me, but Frank keeps pace, circling the oars. I walk until the water reaches my chest, then neck. Just before dipping under, I exhale everything, then breathe in, like my mother taught me on a warm morning in late July, like I taught my sister. The trick to holding your breath is to be thirsty. Out in a quick, hard breath, my mother said, her voice soft just by my ear. In the shallow water, her thick black hair flowed around us in rivers. I was five years old. She pressed my stomach until muscle sucked in, navel almost touching spine. She pushed hard, sharp fingernails, pricking. Now in fast, quick, quick, quick. Spread your ribs wide, think wide. She breathed and her ribcage expanded, bird-thin bones splayed until her stomach was barrel round. Her bathing suit was a bright white glare in the water. I squinted to watch it. She thumped a finger against my sternum, tap, tap, tap. You're breathing up, Simon. If you breathe up, you'll drown. Up cuts off the space in your belly. A gentle touch, a little smile. 
My mother said to imagine you're thirsty, dried out, and empty, and then drink the air. Stretch your bones and drink wide and deep. Once my stomach rounded to a fat drum, she whispered, Wonderful, wonderful. Now we go under. Now I go under. Soft rays filter down around the shadow of Frank's boat. I hear her sometimes drifting through the water and glimpse her now and then behind curtains of seaweed, black hair mingling with kelp. My breath fractures into a fine mist over my skin. Paulina, my mother, was a circus and carnival performer, fortune teller, magician's assistant, and mermaid who made her living by holding her breath. She taught me to swim like a fish, and she made my father smile. She disappeared often. She would quit jobs or work two and three.